Hello, and welcome back to the Socially Distanced Podcast. I'm Al Manarino, the reluctant managing editor of thepopbreak.com. With me every week, unfortunately, is the editor-in-chief of popbreak.com, Bill Botkin. Bill, it's, how are you? It's, I'm great. It's thepopbreak.com, because, you know, we did that. And uh, I'm good. This has been, this week was a hell of a month, so I'm happy to be having a few libations talking with you beautiful people. Uh, and speaking of beautiful people, we are joined with our senior editor, Alicia Weinberger. Hi, Alicia. Howdy, How- y'all. Hi. Hey, thank you for Hi. joining us. Thank you. I'm so flattered. <laughs> so, I've been washing how- my hair in three days. There you go. Uh, I've been growing out a, a quarantine beard, so uh, it's not looking pretty over here as well. I have um, have not gotten a haircut since January, so I've just bought from Alicia, your former manager, Vincent, um, from Big Slick Pomade. I bought so much pomade just to keep my hair down and in place because this thing is going to get out of control real soon. It's going to be bad. Amazing. It's be I like put the, pomade. The thing. I put pomade in my hair for the first time uh, earlier this week, and it was very like constricting. Like I was like, "This is." I, it's been weeks since I've actually had to put product in my hair, and I'm just growing it out uh, along with the beard. And uh, yeah, I didn't like it. I, I kind of never want to use product ever again. It's um, you know, I, I started using because of Oh Brother Where Art Thou. I'm a Dapper Dan man, goddamn it. Um, That's right. Uh, not fop. But yeah, I got I got it because this thing's growing out of control. You also use the beard oil too, man. Just got to keep this thing luxurious because if not, it's going to be a dried Brillo pad within a day. I'm, I mean, I don't want this to be a full on dude podcast, but yeah, I just bought beard oil and it's changed my life. Alicia's like, that's stupid. My, no, it's okay. <laughs> my my chosen aesthetic th- during quarantine is uh, swamp hag. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! So the last well, time Alicia was on a podcast with us. Much late tonight. Uh, her and I got really, really, really drunk. And it was the first episode of the House Pop Break, which was our very short-lived, well, because it was for the last season of Game of Thrones, uh, podcast, which I sang the theme song for. So, Alicia, there is at one point, it was you, me, and, and Matt Gilbert were on the podcast, and there's a point where we both went to a place that never happened in the show. But it was a theory you had. And I would love for people to hear what you had. Your theory was about Game of Thrones. That's when it all started going downhill, man. Yep. D- I want to start a campaign. D and D started uh, as in the whatever their faces were. D and D started COVID nineteen. What? That's the, the, what are, what's the, what the writers from Game of Thrones? What's their names? Oh, Weiss and Benioff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're the reasons for COVID nineteen. That's that's where I it mean, all started. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Allegedly. Um, allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. My, so we don't get so we don't get sued. <laughs> my theory was uh um that during the the battle for the long night, the um the Night King was just gonna fly off to King's Landing and like Zambo the fuck out of like Lena Hitty or Cersei and like put a, a a White Walker baby in her and that White Walker baby was gonna like alien out of her stomach. And here's the thing. I agreed. I was so drunk, I agreed with you. We recorded that on a Monday night, too. Oof. And Matt Gilbert was never the same after that. And Sophie Bodkin is on the podcast. Oh, man. Tiny Bodkin. Tiny Bodkin. Here she is. Um, Alicia, what have you been doing during your uh, quarantine that uh, you know we are all a part of? And the reason that this podcast started 
in the first place? Um, eating an unnecessary amount, and I justify it by saying it's all protein. Um, I stocked up on a bunch of tofu. It's great. Um, and, uh, you know, like sneaking downstairs and then before my roommates can see me, just like burst into a swarm of bats and return to my room. <laughs> <laughs> That's the aesthetic. Yeah. Swamp hag. Uh, honestly, though, I've been, um, my goal for the quarantine is to watch all of A24's catalog, starting with the horror movies, because I really need to lean into as much stress and psychological damage as possible. <laughs> Um, I know we usually save this for the watch list, but I, can I give you an A24 recommendation? Because I Absolutely. think it's A24, but it also might be Neon, which is like A24's like cool brother. Yeah. Um, have you have you seen Under the Silver Lake yet? Not yet. But oh, I've heard you've it. told me about that. It was very good. I, I liked it. It's very weird. You know what? Actually, there's a new show on AMC called uh, Dispatches from Nowhere. Elsewhere. Elsewhere, sorry, dispatches from elsewhere with Jason Siegel. It's, it's kind of like that, but a movie, in the sense that it's like the messages hidden in plain sight, and like there is like a bigger conspiracy at play. And it's Andrew Garfield, who I who I still think is super underrated as and an actor. Who Al used to look like when he was much thinner. I used to. Thank you, thank you for making me feel obese. Um, we're we're jacked as f now, man. Well, thank you. I, I feel a little better. Uh, but yeah, that's a great goal, honestly. Um, yeah, I mean, during this whole quarantine, self-isolation, social distancing, um, you know, trying to stay sane. I mean, I'm picking up new hobbies, trying to stay fit. Um, I, it's, you have to. You, you have all this time that you wouldn't no, no, normally have. And instead of, like, going insane, you have to, like, have some sort of... Uh, fallback or goal um, or or if you have kids you just you know uh, Watch run out Pan of things ten to times. Do. <laughs> I was going to say run out of things to do within uh, you know two weeks and then just start buying stuff on Amazon to just try to introduce new toys and new things to do like we bought like uh, uh, I think bath letters or bath yep. paint something he can like bath paint, paint in the tub <laughs> yeah bath paint, like, darling. you gotta get bath foam next that's that stuff will change your mind yeah. change your world i'm starting to google like please help me i have a one-year-old i don't know what to do <laughs> oh wait till they get to be five um, and you can't just like stick a pacifier in their mouth <sighs> yeah but i feel like at that point buy a trampoline and hope for the best i did buy a trampoline and uh, I know. And then I've we've bought so much stuff, and like I, I was telling you guys before the podcast, uh, Tinkerbell now visits the house. I'm Tinkerbell. Um, I write notes with glitter put in it. I I do. I have that aura. I have that aura. Yeah. I've um, we did uh, we watched Onward last week, and we did a fancy dad daughter date where I watched Onward in my suit on my couch, and Sophie dressed up in a princess outfit. Oh, my my uh, wife was like, I'm not dressing cute. up. This is ridiculous. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a it's lot right of just like, what can we think of next? My wife finds crafts on Amazon all the time. It's like, you're in scramble mode, man. Because, and it's also, I'm working I'm, like 16 hours a day plus doing pop breaks. So I'm just like, I'm loosely, I don't sleep. <laughs> and That's I'm a childless millennial. <laughs> you, yeah. you have your own, you got your own <laughs> stuff, man. Last time I saw you, we were at a, we were at an Irish bar in Neptune before all this stuff went down. Yes, 
Oh man, that what? that was the last restaurant it ate at. Same. Yeah, yeah, you had like Irish breakfast, I think. Yeah, and I went to go see Color Out of Space that night too with what? Nick Cage. Was that awesome? Was that in the oh, theater? It was amazing. Yes, it was in the showroom down in Asbury Park. God bless Asbury Park. Park. By yes, the way, just uh, it was disgusting. Can I, a little <laughs> Not the showroom, the movie. <laughs> a little PSA. Uh, thanks to everyone. We just ran a story earlier today about uh, it was at the Stay at Home Fest uh, to benefit the Asbury Park dinner table. Raised uh, close to two thousand dollars to uh, help support the Asbury Park restaurant scene. And in turn, what they do is they buy meals from restaurants, send it out to uh, people in need throughout Asbury Park. So if you guys have a couple bucks, um, Asbury Park Dinner Table is a great charity to support because it helps uh, a lot of people still in, in, in impoverished situations in Asbury Park. It's not all gentrified yet, thankfully. Uh, but there's still a lot of people who need our help. And in the restaurants, it's like backbone of Asbury. So... Asbury Park Dinner Table, look them up on Facebook, and, you know, if you've got a couple bucks, donate. Uh, and thank you for everyone who checked that, that out, because like, they're close to $2,000 in raising money today. So, that's happening in real time, as we're recording this on a Saturday night. Well, I think that is an awesome charity, and I think that is an awesome transition as well. We can get into, uh, you know, our first segment, which is, uh, seriously, what the fuck? What the actual fuck? And, of course, that audio clip comes to us from the now, I guess, series finale, Schitt's Creek? Yeah, I uh, think we have to wait until next month for it to hit Netflix. So that's when uh, I'll be binging the final season. It is one of the best comedies of the last decade. It is so good. It was one of those shows that never, like, looked good, like, in terms of previews or whatever I saw of it. And it was just, like, a friend recommended it to my wife, and we're like, hey, let's give it a shot. Within, like, one or two episodes, we were, like, instantly hooked. It's not, It's unlike any other comedy out there. Uh, and Dan Levy is, like, a savant, honestly. Like, to, to be that funny and to, like, co-create the show, and I think he writes every episode or directs every episode, it's, like, He's ridiculously talented. Um, so yeah, Shit's Creek. Was the friend that recommended uh, it to always... you Logan Fowler? No, I, I recommended it to Logan. Okay, good. So we got that reference in. <laughs> yes. Um, Logan, who will never be on this podcast. No, that's the joke of Leisure. We've referenced Logan nearly in every episode. And... He also told me... He also told me recently that he doesn't have any time to listen to podcasts anymore, so he has like a giant back catalog. So I'm really excited for him to start listening Which to this. Which is a bunch of crap, because all he does is post on Twitter is like what movie he's watching for the 400th time. So, yeah, he watched Argo today. Like, how bored do you have to be to watch Argo again? I mean, it's a, I mean, it's a good movie. I mean, Argo, It's a good movie. I mean, the one of the best lines of all time, Argo, fuck yourself. Uh <laughs> But so I will be reading the seriously WTF. Um, my desktop is not loading properly. So this was uh, this was your pick. Usually is, we I, come to a consensus of like what we want to talk about, but this well, was like I mean, it's we not, got to talk about this. It's not like Tiger King, which was like is <laughs> it was our Waterloo, and we're all like, oh god, this is the greatest thing of all time. Um, yeah. So it this is a, a little bit more, I guess, in my wheelhouse. It is um, something we're calling Fight Island. And what is Fight Island? So for all those people who don't know, obviously, um, all major sports outside of pro wrestling, which is my Ballywick 
I'm wearing an All Elite Wrestling shirt right now, is not happening. There's no basketball, there's no soccer, there's no baseball. But UFC still wants to do shows, and they were going to try and do a show this weekend, actually. And Disney and ESPN Plus uh, came with their big Mickey Mouse glove and slapped Dana White around and said, No, bro, this ain't happening. However, Dana White, 30 minutes after that announcement, came out and said, Fight Island, which he's which he's calling, is happening. Because Dana White has turned full Lex Luthor, because he's also bald, and has purchased a private island, whereas he is has hired people, I'm sure, at minimum wage, or at, you know, union rates, uh, allegedly, um, to build an infrastructure... So they can host fighters from around the world to broadcast UFC Fight Island to have UFC fights from this remote island. We don't know where this is. We don't know anything what's happening. But he is insistent that this private island will have not just one, but multiple fights broadcast from it with fighters not just from the U.S., but from around the world. Seriously, what the fuck? Alicia's so, arm, arms are in the air. You're going. Wait, wait. Kumate. 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 It, it is fucking. It's finally happening. Mortal Kombat. It, 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 Mortal Kombat is happening. <laughs> um, it is. Um, I'm just looking at this right now. Uh, yeah, man, I don't, I, first off, like, as a, as a, someone who is a wrestling fan, I just watched WrestleMania last weekend and I've watched Raw and AEW from empty arenas. It's weird, guys. I was supposed to be at a show on the 25th of March in Newark. It had sold out 10,000 seats. The show ended up in an empty amphitheater in Jacksonville. It's weird. It's also a little disconcerting because it's like, we have this going on. Maybe we shouldn't be doing this, but Dana White is fucking dead set on doing this. So, Alicia, I'm gonna kick it over to you. What do you think about the fact we have this unnamed private island that's been bought, being built for ultimate fighting? All right, I just want to say th- one thing. You're asking the girl who, for like three days straight, would not stop tweeting about starting her own private Yai league, and paying all of its athletes in cryptocurrency and we're going to make it look like Tron. So, yes, I'm all about this. What I, is what is Yai first of all? Okay. Good question. Yai is that sport. You ever watch Archer? Yes. Yeah, Al, not okay. me, but yes. M- remember the Honeypot episode where Archer has to go down to Miami and he has oh, to Hi-Li. seduce... Oh, High Lie. yeah. Am I oh. saying Yai I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> It's there's there's scenes of it like um, if you've ever watched Scarface, there's scenes of it. If you've ever seen Miami Vice, it's in the opening credits. It's basically like this weird thing where it's a couple people in this court. They had this huge like wicker basket type scoop on their arm, and they hurl this ball at ungodly speeds, and you have to like catch it. It's yeah. fucking weird. It sounds better if it looks like Tron though, because it's, Tron was basically like- highlight. It's the most it's but it's considered like one of the most dangerous sports yes. to play because yes. they whip that ball like like 
95 to 100 miles per hour. And 100%. if you get hit with it, you're 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 just going to die. Like, good luck. I remember and my it's dad like, telling me about this when I was a kid. He's like, highlight is the most dangerous sport. I'm like, mm, yeah. whatever. And he's like, no, seriously, it is. Al is, I'm look, we're, we do this over video too. Al is completely befuddled. So I just looked that up what it what it was, and it looks like like hardcore. Um, um, what's the game with the badminton with lacrosse? The lacrosse. Oh, lacrosse. Yeah. It looks like lacrosse. Um, yeah, I think that sounds like the most dangerous shit you could put on an island, Alicia, and I'm all for it. Yeah, but, <laughs> I'd um, love to watch that. Sounds great. Yeah, and I also like missed all these tweets down in Florida. <laughs> Like, oh, the only place they've ever played is really in Florida. Very so. on brand for Florida. <laughs> yes. Um, that's not the basis of that uh, that Disney movie with uh, John Hamm, is it? Oh, Million Dollar Arm? Yeah. No, that was no, about right? baseball. And that guy who was Million no, Dollar... No, 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 no. I know it was about baseball, but what was he from? Oh, it was, he, wasn't, he wasn't a baseball player. He grabbed him Cricket. from another sport. There you go. Couldn't think of this. Oh, and you know what that guy yeah. is doing now? He's a no. pro wrestler. He just debuted really? in NXT for WWE. He just debuted wow. on a Wednesday. Yeah. That's crazy. That's Spoilers, a weird, guys. If you want to watch point. Million Dollar Arm, he didn't make it. He's a wrestler that's, now. That's so weird. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is bananas. Like, this is like... I honestly think when you say like I'm going to make something called Fight Island, it's basically like a 2020 version of the most dangerous game, which is now in Quippy with Liam Hemsworth. Yeah. With Liam Hemsworth for some stupid reason. Tying it uh, back to last episode. Yeah, yeah at least like I did not listen to any of your episodes. No. You guys, I listened to Quibi. I listened to Quibi episode. Give me credit. Oh, there you go. My favorite title: Quibbles with Quibi. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a vodka title. Uh, I love it. Um, I don't. I don't see this happening for like legal reasons. Um, but we don't know what the would, island is, by the way. So it could be international I know, that's, waters. Yes, but like if you're a fighter mm-hmm. for UFC, I don't know how much you care about your like personal like reputation. But it doesn't it seem like a bad move for you, like to tell your fans like, yeah, I know we're supposed to be social distancing. Yeah, I know we probably shouldn't be this close to people in a ring on an island um, with other people. But like, I think that's a bad call, right? For just any other human outside of this crazy megalomaniac that's trying to do this. Um, supposedly they're going to test everyone. What the hell is that going to do? Well, I mean, if you test, I, I don't listen, I'm not defending it, but it's like, oh. I guess if you test and everyone, you know, no one has, COVID-19, I mean, there's no issue, I guess. They're not, they're not going to have an audience. It's just basically going to be a fight. So basically, they're yeah. just going to be doing this in front of an audience of audience of nobody, pretty much. And they're just going to be broadcasting it. They should just fight each other over Zoom. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. As, as, just, like, as, as someone who's watched WrestleMania in front of no people, it was supposed to be in front of 85,000 people, one in front of nobody... It's pretty much the same thing. Same thing. They can just throw emojis at each other. 
was um, watching and I'm excuse you have to excuse me because I'm not as familiar with pro wrestling. I do enjoy no one MMA. is as much as me, so it's fine. Um, but was watching WrestleMania without an audience like the same as watching Big Bang Theory without a laugh track? <laughs> was I mean, it that same I mean, it was better. I mean, it was experience. better than Big Bang Theory, especially in the later years. Uh, but um, <laughs> no, it's it, like sometimes you could forget if it's a good match, you could forget there's no crowd. But if it's not a good match, you're like, holy shit. Especially when they point to the when they do their taunts. And they're like yeah. pointing to the audience. You're like, there's no one there. Like AEW, oh, sure, don't worry. They at least put like wrestlers, like spaced, socially distanced, spaced around the ring. So it'll be like, there's some noise or some interaction. But yeah, it's so weird when they do their taunts and it's just no one's fucking well, there. I mean, when they do their full monologues, that was weird. Like, I just saw like a clip uh, and it was supposed to be like a huge huge moment that happened it wasn't wrestlemania but it was like i guess leading up to it mm-hmm. there was like some big moment i think i mentioned it to you like over uh, over facebook about like someone just like i think appeared in the rafters oh is that bray wyatt maybe but the problem he appeared is, in, yeah, was like, it with john cena i something like that i don't know but obviously right. i'm not familiar but what i'm trying to say you is, know who john was a, everyone knows a freaking john i cena know is. that but i'm saying it was i don't think it was him in the rafters i'm saying that like there's a bunch of people in the ring you know, a couple. No, no, no. Oh, you're talking about Matt Hardy. He was in the raft yes. and he appeared. Thank yes. you. Yes. So we're talking about Matt Hardy, who I know because I used to watch wrestling. Um, my whole point is that was supposed to be his like huge moment. And you said it yourself. It was like pretty big. Um, wow. Was it super depressing with no crowd? Oh, like it's, crazy. It's, depressing. It really is because that was supposed to be in front of like 8,000 people. And then the next week was supposed to be the show. I was out in front of like 11,000 people. Never happened. But it's weird. Yeah, it's just. But I can't. But it's. I think it's different even with UFC than wrestling. Is just like, there's a like Alicia. I know you're of the three of us. I think you're a little more, like you said, you're you're a fan of mixed martial arts and people pummeling the the piss out of each other. Um, the crowd is a big part of it. Oh yeah. And so I think it makes UFC even more realistic and more just like. Unwatchable to me, just to see, like, to hear someone get cracked in the mouth. Or- I, I think, I think, when it comes to MMA, it's a lot of, and by no means, and, and, and let me just preface, I am uh, uh, a dabbler in MMA. I don't practice, I don't train, I don't fight. I ate apple pie for breakfast this morning, just an example as my athleticism. <laughs> Listen, but, uh, no judgment. It's quarantine. Yeah. That's right. It's quarantine. I'm, I'm gaining mass. As Mac would say. That's right. Oh, man. Alicia, I miss talking to you. I really um, do. But I, I think a lot of the hype that is MMA or or just even boxing um, is the fact that, like, everybody, after any sort of major match, and self-included, everybody suddenly becomes an expert on combat sports. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I watched the Wilder yeah. Fury fight at a bar. And listen, my grandfather was a Golden Gloves champion, like, but I ain't watched, I've watched like five boxing matches in my life, and they're all like, it was like Holyfield, Tyson, it was like De La Hoya, Mayweather, and I think McGregor Mayweather, and a few others sprinkled in. So I'm not an expert, but I'm like sitting there talking like I know what the hell I'm saying. I'm like, oh, you know, he's like, he's got to hit him with this. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I watched wrestling for the last 31 years. 
it's the strangest thing. Everyone becomes like this. Uh, uh, was it called uh, Monday Monday morning quarterback? Is that what they call it? Yeah. When when you're trying to quarterback something that already happened. Um, yeah, literally defining a Monday morning quarterback. Thank you. So <laughs> I thought um, it was. I, I felt I felt the exact same way. Like when Ronda Rousey was in her prime, and like we would end up going to the bar. And it would just so happen to be, like, her fight. And, like, I know nothing about UFC, but as soon as the matches started, I'm like, he shouldn't have done that. He should have swept the leg. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't fucking know anything. I don't know anything about fighting at all. Oh, uh, man. I should not be judging that in any um, way. When UFC used to be popular in bars. <laughs> That's true, true. What were you gonna I, say, Alicia? I really more so got into it my this past year. I, I have uh, two good friends; they're, they're a married couple, and uh, anytime there's a major fight, um, they pay per view it. And they're like, honestly, the only people I know who actually pay per view things anymore. And nice. um, that's where I really learned the most of like how to really judge a good fight, how this point system um, really actually works, and like who's in control of the match, but. My favorite fighter, I just discovered her within like the last couple of months. When I say discovered, I mean she's been around for a while now. Me, I discovered her. Her name is uh, Roxanne, um, I'm going to butcher this, uh, Moda Fury. And she uh, does like her weigh-ins dressed as Vegeta. Dope. Yes. Dude, so WrestleMania, Rhea Ripley dressed like Vegeta. Amazing. A lot of wrestlers, a lot of MMA fighters, big DBZ fans. That's Dragon Ball oh. Z for people who don't know. Hell yeah! Yeah, what's what's that one? Uh, what's that one uh, group? Was it the is it the New Day? Yeah, New Day, man. They 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 do they do all sorts like final. They do a lot more Final Fantasy stuff. Yes, I know they do. I know they're full like uh, DBZ fans as well. I believe. Great follow on Twitter is Xavier Woods PhD. <laughs> Great follow. Okay, um, uh, part of the new day. Uh, so yes. that was uh, so. The one thing we wanted to do, much like we did with Tiger King, which well, of course we're gonna goddamn talk about this episode, is we want to book from pop culture our perfect fight island match. For me, it's a finger roll from Patrick Ewing layup. It's Joe Exotic. And Carol Baskin. Tigers surrounding now, the octagon. Let's see them duke it out. And if, we, if we're if we not doing intergender, then Jeff Lowe. Lowe, <laughs> Joe Exotic. Let's see him go at it, guys. It's going to be great. At least I mean, it's like, I have not watched Tiger King. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Um, Goddamn idiots. It's not like wrestling where you could do like a three-way match. Because I would, I would pay to see that, too. Um, put Doc, I, put Doc in there for a Fatal Four Way. Ooh, that'd be great. Now we're just talking about like an actual WWE fight. Honestly, I, I, I give it like a year, and we see Doc Antle versus Jeff Lowe in an actual WWE match. With the way their careers are probably going to be going yeah, after yarp. this. Yarp. <laughs> if Joe Exotic ever gets out of jail, that's I mean, not a spoiler too. Trump might There's pardon. A ton of shit that happens. Oh yeah, that'd be great. Um, so um, if we're pecking. Uh, the the criteria for this is like a celebrity 
uh, fight on Fight Island, the one that I want to see, and I feel like I'm stealing this from Alicia just from her brain without her actually knowing. Ready for it? Yes. It's The Rock versus Vin Diesel. Amazing. Make it happen. I mean, the that bad was bad blood between those guys. Oh, I mean, there. I mean, they, there's there's some legit Instagram heat between those brothers. Yes, and if you want to make it interesting, like you said, make it a three way match: Vin Diesel, The Rock, Tyrese. All right. Let it happen. You want to hear a funny story about Tyrese? Yes. So I'm at a wedding at the Hotel Bethlehem in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. <laughs> It's like hours before this wedding has to happen, and we, me, like me, my father-in-law, my brother-in-law, we are just like, God damn it, we don't want to. This thing is just going to be so long. We got to get hammered now. We're drinking trogues like it's going out of style. All of a sudden, we hear one of the cousins say, "Like, hey, Bill, isn't that an actor?" Now look over. There is Tyrese in the dining room. This dining room is like wall-to-wall like windows. And it's literally Tyrese eating by himself. There are 60 tables in this restaurant. It is just him. There are 100 people in this bar lobby looking at him eat. Because they were filming like the second or third Transformers movie where there's like this raid on this factory that's in quote-unquote China. It's in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Yeah, the weirdest thing. He's just eating a steak. Knowing that a hundred people were staring at him, eat every morsel. We love you, baby boy. <laughs> baby boy. Uh, yeah, so that's my pick: The Rock, Diesel, uh, Hobbs versus Dom. It's not family anymore. Alicia, what's your pick? Oh man, definitely. So I just got done, um, and I'm sure we'll talk about this in a little bit. But I just got done watching the. Um, the lighthouse a few days ago so i gotta watch that followed by hereditary but (laughs) you have the scariest quarantine in history oh right yeah when i told you i am leaning in to the cosmic horror that has become our lives i am leaning into it (laughs) um willem dafoe it would be cliche for me to say I want Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson to duke it out, but that would be a fun fight. I I, I got my money on Dafoe. Yeah, I think he'd bite his ear off. It was me. Willem Dafoe and Javier Bardem. Ooh. I feel like they are on the same spectrum in terms of thespianism, but just like on opposite ends. And it's somewhere in between. Nicholas Cage comes in, steel chair. What kind of fight would that be? Incredible. That'd be great. First off, Willem Dafoe, I think, one would beat Javier Bardem. Nicholas Cage jumps that kid, that octagon. I think Willem Dafoe is biting his jugular and spitting it out. I yeah, think they're all I just going to die at the end of the fight. Like, it's going to be one of those things. Willem Dafoe might be this one of like like top ten scariest people on the planet. Yeah. Just as a human. like He, he can might be, be like, the nicest guy ever, too. Oh, 100%. Just, like, intimidating. Like, listen... A quick pop break story. Uh, years ago, years ago, New York Comic Con, I got to interview Michael Shannon, who is. Do we ever run that? I don't know. I think we did. He is the goat. Like he is. Oh, was it know, for that Holt movie? Yes, it was for uh, like this like small um, like western, I believe, and 
he he's the goat. Like I love that guy. He's great in everything. Man, is he the most intimidating human on the planet? Like he's the guy. He is number one. And I heard he's like really funny. He actually was in a, a Seth Rogen uh, movie the, the the night before, and he's actually really funny in it. Oh, I saw that. And it's I actually heard, it's pretty funny. I mean, he's funny. Yeah. Movie itself, it's fine. Yeah, it's a it's it's an okay movie. Um, and I've heard him on podcasts, and he's like you know definitely like still intimidating, even though when he's funny, it's so scary. He's a scary human. Him and Willem Dafoe would be a great fight. I'm, I'm changing it. Whoa. I'm changing your fight, Alicia. Oh, it would Willem be old timey too. Oh yeah, they would box like this, like in suspenders. Uh, side note: I knuckle. also watched a a cooking video on. Uh, I'm sure everyone's familiar with the Bon Appetit magazine. Mm. Michael Shannon cooks fried chicken, and I'm not gonna lie. Hot take: I left that video slightly attracted to Michael Shannon. <laughs> Well, I'm not watching it. Then. Are you uh, sure you weren't just slightly attracted to the fried chicken? I mean, both. <laughs> I mean, the fried chicken's a given. Oh, fried chicken's great. Uh, um, but yes, so uh, I don't know what's going to happen with uh, with Fight Island. Uh, my well, guess is nothing. Let me, let me ask you guys a question. If this does happen, yeah, and this doesn't turn into a whole fighter fest debacle, mm-hmm. do you think this will be a highly watched pay-per-view event. Alicia, I'm going to go with you first. That's that's hard to say. I mean, because the thing is, it's like, I, I want to say yes, but, and as I said before, my, I mean, my most recent experience with, with MMA and just UFC this year it has been pay-per-view piggybacking off of other people's pay-per-view. Sure. So... I think that's honestly, you know, and, and depending on how long we stay in quarantine for, I think really that's the thing that has been keeping pay-per-view alive for so long is people, just like everyone's Netflix account, is borrowing everyone else's pay-per-view or Netflix account. So I, I don't know. I, I mean, I want to say yes, because, well, who else uses pay-per-view other than to watch fights or pro wrestling events? Um, so then, yeah, but I, I wonder what this will mean for UFC and just like combat sports in general, um, whether it's Bellator or UFC, like what will happen, you know, in terms of like, will they ever think about going into streaming, streaming services? Well, um, UFC has the um, thing with ESPN Plus, and that's why this uh, last fight got canceled. Because it's like, and it's such a rip. It's just like, oh, you can subscribe to ESPN Plus for X amount of dollars a month. Plus, you could pay the $60 for the pay-per-view. Oh, what? I yeah. have no idea. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I am so out of the loop with the greater that is the Disney Plus ESPN bundle. But Disney it's Plus great. is a joy. I can tell you that. Yeah. Yeah, just for DuckTales alone. Oh. And listen, this podcast, I'll tell you right now, it's basically a DuckTales podcast. We are. I am launch, the Launchpad McQuack of this podcast. And I am the... You're whoever Dark, Schwartz the, po- voices. Huey? Yeah. Is it, no. No, Huey is uh, Danny Pudi. Okay, then you're... What's the blue? What's the blue duck? Oh, uh, let's do on hey. podcast research. 
Okay, I'm gonna answer my. Uh, I'm gonna answer your question while while you're researching. So, do I think this is gonna be a highly watched pay per view event? Um, just like Fire Festival, people are gonna want to see how bad it goes. So maybe the the problem is it's had, it sets a bad precedent of like what sports could look like. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. I am Dewey. So it sets a bad precedent for what sports are trying to do probably in in the next few weeks slash months. Like I know the MLB has been talking about like, Hey, we're going to just start, you know, we'll just have no crowds again. It, it really just goes. Back I saw to the, the no crowds, the baseball game when Baltimore, when they had the riots, it's really weird. Yeah. I was just going to say like, it's pointless. Like the whole point of this is it's, it's, it's entertainment for people who are there. And then we get to witness it. Like, I can't watch a baseball game on television. I can't do it. Without a crowd, I'm 100% not watching it. Like, you know, like, I'll go see a baseball game. Like, I love going there. And any live sports is is, is already immensely better than going or than, than watching at home. I think besides hockey, because I can't follow the puck on the TV. It's I know just about getting drunk. Yeah. So, but I love, listen, I'll, I'll go see any sport live for the most part except for the one that alicia was talking about highlight island highlight i don't want to get bro hit i would totally what? be down for fight island I'll highlight hit, like, i don't want to do that i don't want to see that live i'll see that on tv my, that my argument though for it's better to watch mma or boxing on television is because you do and if you're somebody who really wants to get into like the technicality of it whether um it's very like amateur like myself or if you're somebody who really does enjoy like fighting um you do get to see certain angles that for example like you want to see if you were in the audience so um fighting in in mma does have that benefit where um it's not team-based it's not about points it is about getting in close and watching Mm -hmm. certain takedowns and moves and, and technique yeah, it's yeah. about here. It's a more of a televised product, like you're saying, because like you know, if you're in an arena, like uh, if you're at the Garden, for example, like, I've seen wrestling at the Garden, and like it's cool and I love it, but at the same time, like watching it on a big screen, watching it with the audio, you hear the hits, like the Fury um, Wilder fight, you hear the hits more than you would hear like being there live. Yes, but there is. The aspect of the crowd. Yeah, the right? atmosphere is the not crowd, there. The crowd, atmosphere. Like when there is like a knockout hit yeah. and you hear the crowd go bananas or a home run or like a game-winning touchdown. I can go on with like the metaphors. It, the crowd aspect is part of what makes it special. It almost sounds like if someone did something good and you didn't hear any cheer or boo – Right or cheers mostly because if it's something good, it kind of takes away from how good that thing was. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's just it's just there's a whole aspect of it, right? But I even think- when you watch you watch a sports movie and they and he hits it and you hear the you hear the sound of the bat because that's what they want to hear that the the connection. That's the moment you're like, oh shit, shit's about to get real, and then it speeds up and you can hear the crowd and then you're like oh my god i'm overfilled with joy because he got the he got the hit that got them the run then you know they won the game and the crowd goes nuts and everyone's celebrating without the crowd you're missing a 
big part of that. Imagine they did a sports. Imagine there was a a, a movie about a game that happened during quarantine with no crowd. How would you do that? Would you just add a crowd and make it like fake? I know we're getting into. I'm, it's the blueberry wine that's that's hitting my system at this point. But like, I think sports are in a, in a slippery slope right now. Like, I know eventually one day we're gonna hopefully get out of this and we can be in crowds again. Because as a live music photographer, like I'm gonna die if that's not gonna happen. But like for now, I don't think they should do anything. Just put everything on hold. Just pause. Just 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 push it until we can get crowds because that's that's like I don't want to watch baseball with no crowd. I think it's pointless, and I think that has to go with any sport. Um, I think this one will be a, first answering my question. I guess would be I think the first one will be a hit. Because I think there's like a morbid curiosity of like, what is Fight Island? Is it going to be like tiki torches and like palm trees everywhere? Kumate, kumate, kumate. It's fucking blood sport, guys. It's happening. Oh, oh my god. Um, um, um. Dana White just descends in a silken robe and he goes up to the loser and just like sucks there. Like a, a a Doctor Strange version out of their body and absorbs I mean, listen, it into himself. At, at this point, if Dana White did that, not the most shocking thing I've seen in my life. <laughs> I mean, he's basically Lex Luthor at this point. Um, and if I never, if Joe Rogan stopped like being in the mainstream, I'd be so happy with that. Um, I don't know, man. Like, it is weird as somebody who watches wrestling and seeing like, you know, like I said, like the no crowds is very weird, especially like. AEW, like the crowds make the show and it's weird not like to to see it but i think it'll be a, weird for ufc i don't think this could be is a sustainable model for that uh but i think for a one-off fight it'll work or maybe like a second fight maybe two fight maximum it'll work but this can't be the the main thing going and i know like economically speaking how can ufc exist without fights but hey man uh it's not like we have a pandemic every year so i mean we all gotta adjust so that's the seriously man what the fuck <laughs> fight island <laughs> moving on to our next topic i'm glad al's like barely hosting the show he's like oh i'm so blueberry wine drunk after one glass yeah I'm uh, if anyone a deep cuts park Parks and Rec reference. Uh, I'm basically Ben Wyatt when he's at the winery, just getting wasted off blue uh, blueberry wine. Anyway, our next topic: the slice of fried gold. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah, boy. This week's slice of fried gold. Um, I have never actually watched or like religiously watched Reno 911. I don't know Bill or Alicia if you guys. Our fans, Alicia, have you ever watched Reno Nine One One? Oh, I loved Reno Nine One. That's as great. Like a should... high schooler, yes. Wow, we should just yeah. have made you uh, run the session. Well, the crazy uh, thing Reno about Reno Nine One One is the amount of people that you don't realize are from that show that are literally yeah. in everything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, Thomas Lennon obviously is Easy uh, Nash. One of- yeah, one of the creators and stars, Thomas Lennon, who's in everything, and he's also uh, one of the most uh, successful movie writers in terms of like box office, uh, because he wrote all of the, uh, he either wrote or co-wrote all of the Night at the Museum movies. Oh my god! 
It's yeah. like the weirdest claim to fame. <laughs> yeah. He, he is also, I believe, in a uh, Smiths slash Morrissey cover band. And he's obsessed with Morrissey, like to a crazy degree. I actually learned that from Chris Gethard. Anyway. Who's um, also obsessed. Yeah. Exactly. They did an interview together where they just talked about Morrissey. So uh, so Comedy Central had uh, Reno 911 for six seasons. Huge cult TV show. Um, they're, uh, they're coming back with a, a new season. It's a little different because it's actually going to be on the show, we, uh, the, the platform we mentioned last week, Quibi. Uh, it's going to debut on, on May 4th on Quibi. In ten-minute, um, you know, uh, little spurts—I think they call them—movies uh, uh, and chapters, I guess, because it's basically one long ride that you're following. And uh, yeah, the reason that we're bringing them up, uh, not because of the show coming back, we're bringing them up because as a uh, as a little teaser for the show, uh, they had all of the cast uh, have a Zoom briefing a daily zoom briefing and for anyone who is working from home right now or trying to connect with family you must know zoom at this point it's a it's a free uh video conferencing software where you can have like a ton of people um you know on video calls and you can have like virtual backgrounds and it's pretty great i use it uh religiously as uh, as someone who's working from home um you know, a little side note. Um, there's a, a new late night show, Bill. You might know it. You might know it. Um, it's like a late late show, not not uh, Corb, uh, Corden show, but there's uh, she's like a former like YouTube star who has a show. I think you know what this is. If not, I'm just uh, just putting words in your mouth. I know I uh, what's his nuts is uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's doing one off on AMC. It's called At Home with the yes. Morgans. Uh, I use Zoom. Because I participate in my daughter's dance class every Saturday morning, so I get my plié chasse and every morning on Saturdays, it's my cardio. Um, oh, this that is not makes it, me anyway. so happy to hear. I do tondus, man. <laughs> I do jazz. So I do fucking wholesome heel step, tap, jump steps. I'm fucking killing it, man. You are Amazing. you are crushing it. Um, I'm I'm gonna look up what I was trying to talk about before, but just to get back onto uh, Reno 911, they had a, a Zoom briefing, and there was you know hilarity ensued when the entire cast at, in character um, basically previewed the the new show coming out. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things uh, that you know we wanted to shine a light on because it, it made us smile for a brief moment during this uh, crazy time that we're living in. Uh, Bill, I, I don't know if you had a chance to, to see it. Hopefully you did because you're on this podcast. Uh, what, what did you think? Didn't really see it. Um, but here's the thing. like I've been a fan of the individual pieces of Reno 911. I love Ken Marino. Um, he was great in a show called Happy Endings. He was in a, a, brief, a brief episode where he ended up uh, as a therapist who's trying to date his patient's friend, who's played by Casey Wilson, who we actually ended up doing a show with, and, you know, they both loved our review of it. Um, that show did not last long. But, like, uh, Niecy Nash, like, big fan of hers, especially when um, she's done some more serious roles as of recent. Uh, she was on that Netflix series about the uh, Central Park Five, and mm-hmm. which was amazing. And... Um, Thomas Lennon, who's literally uh, that movie with Matthew Perry, was it, um, or Matthew Perry turns into Zach um, Zach Efron? 
Um, oh my god! Yeah, Why? that movie is on E all the time. <laughs> so Tom Slade, I've seen him a lot. So I'm like Jesus. stoked that this is coming back because this is a this has been and I forgot there was a Reno 911 Miami, which was a movie, like yes. 13 years ago when you guys were still children and I was uh, an adult. And um, 13 years ago, I was 25. Jesus Christ! <laughs> uh, I was dating my wife at that time. Early on, and uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to have it back. I mean, it's it's cool to see like that's a cool show that like for 15 minutes or whatever Quibi's giving it, it's the perfect mm-hmm. time for that show, and you know it's cool to see that happen. That's a good that's a good thing for Quibi. We were talking about last week. I was like, what's a tentpole for that? And this could be yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and you mentioned Cam Marino, who's also he was great in Party Down, and uh, Alicia and I know and love him as CJ from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh, he was uh, one yeah, of the I mean, I he too. was one of the captains. Uh, oh, he I love also, that episode, and it, he was also great in Role Models. Yes, he was. McLo- yeah, he was he the was. McLovin's well, that guy, his dad. Step yes. Bef- oh my. Before before I kick it to Alicia, the thing that I was thinking of was. Um, Always late with Katie Nolan. She is uh, she's an ESPN, um, I guess, uh, host. Um, I don't know a lot about her, but I saw this thing. It was kind of it went viral uh, the other day. Um, she did a Zoom call with like uh, her and like a bunch of friends, and the the point of the Zoom call was who's the most famous person you can get to join this Zoom call. So they all got together and they were drinking. And they were like reaching out to their Rolodex of like uh, people that they've met in passing or that they're friends with in terms of trying to get a very famous person. And it was cool because it's like eight. I think they speed it up. It's like 10 minutes long. But um, you see like Mike Schur, the creator of The Office and Parks and Rec. Or, sorry, um, writer on Office and uh, creator Great. of Parks and Rec in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Good place. Uh, good place as well. Yes, and uh, and and untitled new series with Ted Danson and Tina Fey. I think is producing it. Cheers. I could be wrong. Cheers, and cheers. Obvious. Well, wait, no, that's that's Ted Danson. <laughs> Shut up. You you fucked me up. So you did. Um, so I think, blue, joins... I think the blueberry wines already got you on that one, brother. Yes, that's very true. Um, but you you would like this. So um, so far, like so, Mike Sure pops up, and then you know. A couple seconds later, Dwayne Wade pops up, and then and then shit goes crazy when Lin Manuel Miranda pops up, and it's like just like a really heartwarming. Like this could have been another slice of fried gold, and you should, I should definitely check it out. Look up, uh, look up, always late at always late ESPN, and uh, you'll see it has like like almost seven thousand retweets. It's a pretty awesome video, um, and it will brighten your spirits. Uh, Alicia, you said that you were actually a Reno nine one one fan. Um, oh. How do you feel about uh, this? And have you heard anything about Quibi? Yes, because for some reason, and I'm sure, I don't know if this is like for this for everybody, but all my social media platforms that are constantly listening to me um, really think I am super into Quibi. And I don't know if it has anything to do with the fact that I had to heavily research Jeffrey Katzenberg <laughs> like two weeks ago. Um <laughs> to, to talk about the road to El Dorado for a piece that I didn't even end up writing anyway. <laughs> um, By the way, check out the Road to El Dorado podcast on thepopbreak.com. <laughs> oh, there you go. Man. I didn't got, I don't know. You guys did one. That's amazing. Oh, that was, that was, uh, that was Aaron and Josh Sarnecki. They did it. Oh, it really is an undersold uh, classic 
children's animated movie. But Quibi. I do not know how I feel about Quibi. I am very excited about Reno 911. It's it's a series that I, I as as near and dear to my heart as it is. Um I haven't revisited in so very long. And when I heard that it was coming back, I was just absolutely delighted. Um, I couldn't think of a better show that would fit these like short 15 minute um, bite-sized videos than Reno 911. Because ultimately at the end of the day, unlike more recent comedies, like let's say Brooklyn Nine-Nine or, or um, you know, like things like uh, Parks and Rec, um, it, it's it's a comedy series that you don't have to be committed to the storyline, but it still maintains fantastic jokes and fantastic writing. And I hope um, Nick Swartzen comes back in it. Um, Nick Swartzen pre pre Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, I'm very excited, but I'm still very conflicted about Quibi and what it's going to turn into. I feel like it's just going to end up a, a reverse YouTube. Um, where YouTube tried to get into its own original streaming services or streaming um, series uh, too late in the game. And I feel like Quibi is just going to turn into the opposite, where we're going to get a lot of high budget, um, you know, mainstream actors and productions. uh, And eventually it's going to lead its way into more independent uh, content. That's a great, that's a a great take because, you know, I I honestly don't think that they're, late in the game because i think if if you have the right people involved and the right content then you can you can shine because you just need that one hit to get people interested in the platform you know a la disney plus you had the the giant back catalog plus like new original content uh like the mandalorian you know um i was just uh perusing through uh comic book resources who alicia is a contributor to um don't plug other sites I'm plugging comic book resources and how Alicia is a contributor there. And she just wrote a really great piece about the music of killing Eve, which uh, you guys should go check out. So I was just scrolling through there and they mentioned Yahoo screen, which, uh, which was a platform that Yahoo tried to do, um, uh, which their, their big thing was, Oh, we're going to bring back community for a sixth season. Oh yeah. And, yeah, so they did, and it just crashed and burned because they did not know how to market it, and all they had was that sixth season of Community, which you know not a lot of people liked. I actually personally thought it was pretty good. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. I think you know this is a, a genius move in terms of you know getting a familiar property with a cult following to to come over. They they're doing a lot of good things right now. Whether it's uh, three months free. Um, during, you know, they're launching during probably the best slash worst time to launch something when everyone is home, which is great. But when everyone is also home and doing other things and watching 10 million other streaming platforms. Uh, and then again, uh, we mentioned uh, last week that T-Mobile customers um, have a year free, which is great um, if you have the right plan, which I don't. And that's super depressing. Um We'll see what happens with with Quibi and uh, you know Rito nine one one is is obviously a draw for a ton of people and you know I'm again we, we talked about an, at a whole episode length basically last week uh, what Quibi has to offer and it, it really just depends on can they keep it going one of the problems with Disney Plus is 
you know, there's a big gap between, you know, I think a, a Mandalorian, more, and, you know, I think a more analogous streaming service would be Apple TV plus like all we hear, like just like Quibi, you got the rush in and now yeah. you don't hear anything. And with, with Disney plus you, you got onward, which I said, I dressed up in a suit to watch because my daughter asked me to be fancy. And, um, but, yeah, it's like you don't hear anything about Apple TV Plus, and they're producing new shows. So it's like, but you don't hear anything about it. So uh, Quibi should, needs to, I mean, Jeffrey Katzenberg's running it, and, you know, keep advertising because people are going to forget. Because I know we have a, a dearth of new material, but, yeah, people are going to go to the old reliable. That's very true. And uh, just as an I- update from our, our, oh, sorry, go, Alicia. I my thing, Quibi should get into is, and this this is just complete bias. Adult animation, like oh, 100%. Yeah. they sure. should get their own something that is of like an adult swim to them. Oh yeah, yeah. because I mean Netflix has tried a little bit with what Love and mm. Robots, Love Death and Robots. Yeah, I know I forgot a yes. word in there, but like yeah. It makes perfect sense to do like a Saturday night adult swim, whatever they call it. I forgot their animation, their anime thing. Why not? Oh, I was going to say, um, as an update from a, a, a segment we did last week talking about some of the free stuff that you can experience during this time of quarantine, uh, Apple TV has just joined the ranks of uh, some free programming. Basically, they're giving people a, a, a smorgasbord of free content that they can try out. Uh, full seasons of, of shows, which is uh, excellent. I, I think my mini fridge just imploded. Sorry. Nice. Uh, but, uh, yes. So, uh, you know, shows like Little America, which is produced by Kamel Nanjiani and Emily Gordon, Alan Yang, uh, Servant, For All Mankind, Dickinson, any of these uh, shows that may have interest you, even Snoopy in Space for uh, uh, parents with kids. Well, uh, you can try straight up then. watch these you can straight up watch these shows for free uh, via Apple TV uh, without having to pay for a trial or anything. Dickinson was the one I think that uh, interested me the most. I wanted to see that because I think Bellini's in it. And, he, uh, yeah, he's definitely somebody famous. Yes, I'll, I will have to check that out. Uh, but yeah, moving on to our next segment. Um, music in a time of quarantine. Music in a time of quarantine. Ah. I mean, it's a great theme song. Uh, always done live. Always. Always. And forever. Always done live and forever. Uh, um, uh, begrudgingly, I needed to use that word at least once throughout this oh. podcast. Um, so, Alicia, Music in a Time of Quarantine, we basically just uh, talk about you know a song or artist or album that we are really, uh, as, as in Bill's words, digging during this time. Uh, is there uh, is there something that you can recommend to our very small audience uh, that they should be listening to that you are uh, that is currently making you forget about the world around you? Absolutely, and it's ironically not making me forget about the world around me. But <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, uh, recently revisited the Demon Days album uh, from the Gorillas. Nice and wow, what a perfect time to revisit that album i mean it was uh very much post 9 11 um i and and then you know i was i was young and so if by any means if i if i whatever i quote is wrong please correct me but post 9 11 
Bush administration, like height of the Iraq war um, album. And honestly, it, it, and it just kind of just perfectly sums up this dystopian sense of unknowing and where we're going to go. Um, but like, let's just have a good time while we're at it. <laughs> it was released in 2005. In May of 2005, of course, anyone's wondering the singles off of that, of course, Feel Good Inc., Dare, and Dirty Harry. And I think the, the best track to listen to, especially now, is the self-titled track, Demon Days, which is the very end. And God, what a fantastic way to end an album. It's so operatic. It's beautiful. And it's um, depressing. And it's the most gorillas. Damon Alburn track in all of Gorilla's history. Nice. Uh, yeah, love Gorillas. Love um, it's a another band that I, um, you know, we talked about. Uh, I talked about Fountains of Wayne last week because of uh, Adam Schlesinger's death, um, and just kind of rediscovering that band or discovering them for the first time. Gorillas are another band that I'm like every song, every single that I hear, like I dig, and every time I hear their album, uh, uh, any of their music used in like a soundtrack or anything. I'm like all about it. And I think it's one of those bands that I've always wanted to see live and then revisit. My best friend saw them live and he said it's one of the most insane concert experiences of all time. My older brother, shout out to my older brother, um, took me to see the Plastic Beach show at Madison Square Garden on my 17th birthday as a surprise. You were 17 when Plastic Beach came out? Or I was either 16 Ah! or 17 and we accidentally bumped shoulders with Jamie Hewlett going into Madison Square Garden. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Why do I know that name? Um, He does all the artwork. Uh, He does the other work. He's like the co-creator. Yeah. And I also saw Lou Reed and did not know who Lou Reed was or how important it was to have witnessed Lou Reed live on stage. (laughs) He did that shitty Metallica record. I was gonna say the only things I know about Lou Reed are the shitty Metallica record and Satellite of Love, which was in Adventureland, which is a great movie. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like that one. It's a great movie. It gets better with age too. Yeah. Um, Bill, what's your your pick? Uh, since I'm the editor in chief of the site, I can pick a few things. It's been a weird music week for me. Um, you know, John Prine passed away, uh, legendary singer songwriter. I tried to dip into a little his stuff. It was. I just couldn't because it just made me sad, but he's a brilliant songwriter. Uh, Spotify's got a great skate punk uh, playlist. Let's listen to some of that. Some Maggie Rose, who's kind of building up on WXPN and Sirius XMU. Listen to some of that. But I think the two things that stuck with me this week, um, of course, I got to go a little local first. Uh, Nicole Atkins dropped the video for her song Domino, which is uh, coming off her new record. Don't think it's fully released yet. Kind of a cool poppy synth, but like in a retro, Euro retro sort of way. Very kind of, I dare I say, sexy type of song. The video I like because it part of it's on New Jersey Transit, which I've taken down to Asbury, and a lot of it's on the Asbury Park Boardwalk and around that area, which we're very you know, in touch with in thepopbreak.com. And Nicole Atkins is someone I've been covering for a long time in multiple jobs, including the pop break. She was the reason 
Uh, we planted our flag in Asbury. Um, I saw our show at Stone Pony in 2009. Bancorp River City Extension opened up. I was working with their manager on some stuff, and that's how we kind of became in touch with Asbury Park. So Nicole Atkins, Domino, currently on YouTube. The video, very cool, especially if you're from New Jersey. Uh, the EP I'm going to touch on is uh, last week I talked about a, band, a record label called High Tide Recordings, um, which Alicia used to work for their impresario Vincent. Uh, I will not say what store that was to just you know keep kayfabe alive for him, uh, but it was a band he helps produce called The Volcanics. Uh, I believe they're out of California. It's an instrumental surf rock band. They have an EP called Freak Out. It's a four-song EP that dropped on April 10th. It's a really cool record to put on in the background if you're working. For everyone working at home. And if, like, vocals kind of, like, kind of interfere with your brain space while you're, like, writing or doing whatever. If you're looking for good instrumentals, it's a super cool uh, record. Kind of transports you to a very beachy happier vibe so the volcanics freak out it's on spotify right now awesome picks i was I gonna say sorry uh alicia you can you, you're about to oh, say something side note i've also been listening to the new album from the weekend and i feel like adam sandler in uncut gems hell yes that <laughs> has, i still haven't watched I, it <laughs> guys bill specifically my in-laws watch it they don't watch movies <laughs> Dude, Uncut Gems was so good, and yeah, uh, as soon as I uh, as soon as I saw Uncut Gems, I think I was uh, when the gym was still around. I heard Heartless in the gym, and I was like, "Wow, am I in Uncut Gems? Where's Kevin Garnett?" Uh, <laughs> he it, wasn't there. I have there's that every something day of my life. about um, the sound of of yeah. After Hours, the actual track. Um, that just it's so echoing and isolating and just just all the like lo-fi sad boy feels like yeah. just put me up against a montage of like retro anime like couldn't tears come, and <laughs> it couldn't have come at a better time which is sad in so many ways um his song pick. blinding lights is also was also a theme for wrestlemania this year and when you said sad boy, it reminds me of this store in South Philly called Sad Boy Vapes, which is the most accurate name for a vape store ever. I think I meant, I think I actually meant, uh, no, it was Heartless. Yeah, that was the first single. Blinding Lights, Heart, this is, it's a solid album. It really is. Um, my pick is a brand new album. Came out Friday. I actually listened to a new album, which is strange. Uh, it's the new album from The Strokes, who uh, I, I'm a huge fan of uh, the New York uh, band. I discovered them super late in life, I feel. I think uh, I think the first – I think my first like uh, introduction to them was probably Click. Remember the movie Click with uh, Adam Sandler and uh, Christopher Walken? Oh, my God. Yeah. Was like your, you disgust uh... me right now. I know. But I like that. Been... I like that one Adam Sandler movie with the video games. But that was about it. That's oh, it. You, you need mean to when, uh, uh, when Josh Gad makes love, sweet love to Cubert, and they yes. have Cubert uh, babies. Yeah. Hey, we this have happens. interviewed Josh Gad on thepopbreak.com, and he shouted out Sophie when she was like four months old. That's Adorable. amazing. Um, amazing. But anyway, uh, it's their first new album since uh, 2013. Uh, so. 
they've kind of just been all over my life for for the last you know 10 15 years i think 2013 there the the new uh, come down machine came out when i was graduating college uh angles was 2011 i was still in high school that was a very high school album that i did not like but the first song of it was like a banger uh machu Picchu was such a awesome stroke song uh but the new abnormal is great nine tracks um they've already released two beforehand uh bill i think you've heard at the door which you weren't crazy about i highly mm. highly recommend you listen to bad decisions yeah it's like to it. classic strokes um um very very solid album i used to um, hate yeah. the strokes i really did because all because like okay so oldie mcfoldy over here so to when the first Fresh that game. that breakout um record released probably 2001 you know is this I, it yeah i was in college so it was like every jean jacket wearing sweaty emo boy with helmet lego hair was like mm-hmm. listening to it and it was just like this is the great everyone told me this was the transcendent greatest thing i had ever they had ever listened to and i'm like cool they just recycled the velvet underground cool like i don't fucking get it um because it was literally just like you know shoved down your throat type deal mm-hmm. in college. So, but later on, I really appreciated it a lot more because I'm like, yeah. oh, going back at this like not post hype, it's very good. Yes, um, I totally understand that. I know you hate when a ton of people tell you to wa- like watch or listen to a thing because it makes you not want to because you get overhyped. That's like yeah, I want to just kind of like let me judge for myself. Yeah. I'll be fine. But if it gets to a point where someone's like, you need to watch Breaking Bad, you're never going to watch it. I mean, I've seen the last 15 minutes of the series. I know what happened. God God damn it. Um, I will say one more thing about The Strokes. Um, We never talk about, like, things that we read during this time, which I think is kind of a good thing for me and Alicia to talk about because we can give you guys some good comic recommendations, maybe. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, But I will say, uh, in terms of an actual book uh, without... Uh, drawings in it um, meet me in the bathroom is a, an awesome book it's basically like the kind of like a, a biography about the strokes but it's also it's about the the like the, the uh, s- surgeons of uh, the new york rock scene the new york indie like rock scene in like the early 2000s and it follows basically every band that you can think of but most importantly it's like um porn for my iphone it's it's the strokes kings of leon uh vampire weekend uh yeah yeah yes and interpol i think are like some of the main subjects and it's basically just like my ipod uh at the time which is a weird thing to say because no one says ipod anymore it's basically like my spotify playlist uh at all times it's a great book it's uh, told in like an interview format, which is you're basically like reading it like you're reading a documentary. It's very cool. Uh, meet me in the bathroom if you're interested in any of the music that I just mentioned. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about real quick before we get into the watch list. Uh, Alicia, do you have a uh, a comic, uh, like a graphic novel or a series that people should be checking out right now while they have the time? You know, uh, unfortunately, I haven't been, I want to say the last thing, I, I was on my third reread of Saga, and that was really, <laughs> yes. Um, the last thing I really read um, before quarantine, that and Die by uh, Die's Jamie great. McKelvey? Jamie, Jamie McKelvey. 
Jamie uh, Karen Karen Gillian. Karen Gillian. I mix Karen them up all the time. I'm just like one of the wicked in Divine guys. No, different, no. A different person. Sorry, Karen. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> yes. Uh. Die if you love Dungeons and Dragons. If you like being sad and you want all the devastation that comes with um reading saga, but um with a D and D spin and D and D as a not the writers home. Game of Thrones, but as in Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> the only person who actually refers to them as that is you. <laughs> it's uh, Ben Yop and Weiss. <laughs> whatever. Um, I look, I, you guys I look at them. Sorry, no, go on. Go, 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 finish it. <laughs> D&D to me, the writers from Game of Thrones, let me correct, are, to me, I see them as a Cronenberg body horror entity of like one person how do we rick and morty this entire game of thrones (laughs) like you go into the writer room writer's room and that's why like all the the cast members were just miserable in the last season because really D D were just this like um fused together mash of limbs and 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 hive mind (laughs) oh my god Oh my god! I was gonna, I was gonna interject with uh, Stephanie Hans's beautiful artwork and and die, but I think we just went off a crazy tangent of fucking uh, Eddie Weiss. Yes, uh, it also has some great um, horror in it as well. It's a, it's, yeah. it's a horrifically beautiful. Uh, Dies. I'll Dye's recommend beautiful. a comic for you, and this ties back to Alicia and Al. Like it, rubs his it, eyes. It's not is wrestling. Is it the peanut strip from the 40s? No, I will recommend someone Alicia has interviewed on the site before. And that mm. is a former intern of mine pre-pop break. Uh, his name is Frank Gogol, New yeah. Jersey guy. Uh, has done three books, uh, Dead End Kids, Grief, and No Heroin. No Heroin was just uh, released in 2020. All his books are on SourcePoint Press. He's a kid uh, who worked for me in college and was always like, I want to be a comic book writer, I want to be a comic book writer, and he's been uh, fairly successful doing so. So if you're from Jersey, looking for a Jersey kid writing Jersey stories, and people love his books, not just us, but he's got a lot of critical acclaim, check him out. Frank Gogol, G-O-G-L. He's he's actually really – so I'm in like the comic book – collecting speculation as well like not just reading but i also like to collect and and like buy and sell stuff and he's really active in um in that like community where he's like hey what do you guys want like what do you guys like to buy like you know we have this new book coming out you know do you want to see more covers do you want to see less covers do you want to see limited print runs like that's that's great like there's there's the whole like hanging out and talking to fans at conventions, but like actually asking their opinions on like how to distribute the book, especially, you know, coming from a source source point press, which is like a, a smaller indie publisher. That's awesome. And like, I love seeing that, like talk to the fans who are the ones who are buying your book genius and everyone should take note of that. Yep. Um, I don't have, I, I was going to say, I haven't been reading a ton because, uh, as of, I believe last week, uh, there's no new comic books in stores because guess what? Spoiler alert. Most stores are closed um, and all non-essential stores are closed. Um, so I think it was the first time in ever there was no new comic books. Uh, I think starting like last week or the week before. So I will recommend a book that just started sadly and was supposed to come out this month. The second issue is uh, strange adventures. The new book from Tom King and Mitch uh, Jared's. Oh, uh, Listen, if you have never read Mr. Miracle, 
by the, this this team, this reinterpretation of this of uh, this kind of like D or E list character cre- created by Jack Kirby, it is one of the most breathtaking pieces of art I've ever like read and witnessed. Bill, I highly recommend you order this on Amazon or wherever you can get a book because you're a father. Mm-hmm. And there is a there is an element of a of a new dad. It's really it's all it's it's existential dread. It's 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 being a new father, and it's not even a superhero book in the the normal sense of a superhero book. I don't want to get too much away, but it's the new book that I give to people who I say like, "Hey, you never read comics before? Like, read this. You're gonna love it." Cool, Mister Miracle. I will. I'll send you a link. You're gonna love it. All right, man. Um. But yeah, so that's the the new uh, the new segment. Uh, you should read this comic. Well, uh, we it's don't like, have great names. Well, we also like tailor stuff to people. Like Lucas talked about beer last week, and you can't sure. have Alicia Weinberger on without talking comics, man. Exactly, Alicia Weinberger is my is my favorite Comic Con uh, friend. The person who joins me at almost every New York Comic Con, uh, we we go on crazy adventures together, which oh. just involve running all around Artist Alley. That's and I there. am, by the time you get to me, I am either severely drunk or adamant yes. about going down the aisle Comic-Con that has uh, mouse pads in the shape of boobs. Yeah. <laughs> Alicia, Alicia Weinberger, one of my favorite people ever at Pop Ray Christmas shows because one, we're both drunk, and two, mm-hmm. she's talking about boobs. That's right. <laughs> um, moving on to our next segment, uh, another quick segment, The Watch List. Um movie tv show that you guys are i I gotta stop reading this digging during this time uh what are you guys enjoying right now um i'm gonna start um with i'm vain yes i actually haven't started any of the segments i usually uh, send it to you guys first um what have i been watching lately uh i don't want to say ducktales again because we've already mentioned it once but i am caught up if not more I, I am caught up because me and Bill talked about this last week, how the second episode like was like beyond meta. Oh man, you 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 undersold it. It was great. Um See episode three is really that. good too. Oh cool, I'm really excited. Um no, Alicia, I'm not have gonna watch DuckTales. DuckTales. No, I haven't. I've seen parts of it. I do follow coincidentally, I follow a lot of animators and cartoonists on like Instagram and Twitter, and I've seen some um, just various artists who've like worked on like in betweens on that show, mm-hmm. and uh, I know it's adorable. I know it's wholesome, and it definitely comes from that like new wave of Disney XD cartoons that I do love. I love Gravity Falls, so oh. I'm sure I would probably love I was watching that today. Uh, yeah, a wholesome cartoon. Um, I'd probably love Ducktales. I think you would. Yeah, it's definitely got that nostalgia factor. It's wholesome, but it's also got some real. Like we were, saying, we were saying last week, some real like, oh my god, they went to a dark place I was not expecting. Um, I, I'm I'm gonna just go with my recommendation. Uh, it is an a classic, classic program. And I've already made reference to it uh, earlier uh, during the podcast. Parks and Rec, uh, Parks and Recreation, the NBC uh, comedy, which is uh, you can watch the entire series on Netflix. That is my comfort food. That is my. Uh, I don't know what to watch. I'm going to put on Parson Rec. Um, you know, that's 
that's the office for a lot of people. That's friends for a lot of people. Uh, NBC, ha- uh, Netflix now has community that should be community for a lot of people now that they have access to this show that kind of has been behind weird uh, paywalls in the past. Not, not that Netflix isn't a paywall, but it's, it's more available for people now. Community is phenomenal, but Parks and Rec consistently, I always say, is a show that gets better and better every season. It's a show that ended perfectly. Um, it, it, it's the thing that makes me uh, not scared to leave, like, to just to exist. It helps me uh, cope with things, you know, uh, when it's late at night and I'm hearing, you know, dark thoughts or uh you know thinking about the the current situation that we're in i can put on a parks and rec uh, episode and it's a it's a show that you don't have to really know what's going on to jump into any episode and just laugh and and feel like you're a part of the 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 the, the parks and rec department of pawnee um it's a great show it's not new obviously uh, i believe it just celebrated its 10 year anniversary last year um, I, I could be wrong on that, but if you don't know anything about it, uh, it was co-created by, it was, co- it was created by Mike Schur, who is a writer on the, the office, uh, as mentioned previously, he also co-created Brooklyn Nine-Nine and he created The Good Place. He, uh, only makes winners for the most part. Uh, I highly recommend you watch it if you haven't already. Uh, it's the best. Parks and Rec. I've seen it. I, like I don't see all of it. I haven't seen all of it, but like anytime it's on, like it's a show. I think I've talked about us on TV break, our TV monthly TV podcast. It's a show mm-hmm. I can go into. You could just jump into it anytime. Don't have to invest in storyline, mm-hmm. and just enjoy. It's just great. Yeah, I, I, I listen. I, I, have I think arguments. Little Sebastian was is Little Sebastian part of uh, Parks and Rec. Yeah, Little, he was Little definitely Sebastian. trending on Twitter. He was because I think the the Ringer. Uh, oh, it was it was the 11th anniversary of, of, of Parks and Rec, uh, like I think this week, and they did a like rank the characters of Parks and Rec, and Little Sebastian was one of the characters, it, or wasn't, and it was like, um, well, as people on Twitter were like, you can't, it was like nine, yes. you can't, and then it was like number one was Little Sebastian, yeah, yeah, it's like you can't rank all of them; they are all great, and the last thing was uh, Little Sebastian, exactly. Um, I always tell people that. I love The Office. I watched it from beginning to end. Uh, I, I caught it during the time it was actually on TV, around like the fifth season. We talked about it, I think, last uh, last week when Lucas was on. Yep. It dips in quality. Like, after Steve Carell leaves, you can see an obvious dip, and they're running out of story. And they're like, oh, let's change the manager every two episodes, and that's going to be fun. Um and then, you know, it was, as Bill mentioned, it, it did have a great ending. But mm-hmm. I think Parks and Rec only gets better as it goes on. And you don't see that a lot with a, a network comedy series that has longevity. So uh, I highly recommend you either watch Parks and Rec or rewatch it if you've never rewatched it before. Because it only gets better with age, too. A lot of big names, too. I mean, you got Chris Pratt. pre You got Fat Pratt. Pre Guardians, Chris Pratt, and then you have him post Guardians too, and the way that they explain him getting in shape and losing all the weight, perfection. It's very great. Nice, uh, Bill. 
What do you got for us? I'm gonna. Uh, I've gone back and forth on this for a while, but I'm gonna recommend a show. I've only gotten a few episodes in, but I think this is in both your wheelhouses. And that is Devs, which is on FX on Hulu. It's Alex Garland who did Ex Machina. He did um, Annihilation, and it is starring Nick Offerman. He's the most recon- and Allison Pill, the most recognizable people in the in the series. Um, it's an absolutely wild mind bender of a show. Uh, and crazy engrossing. Uh, it's basically Nick Offerman plays like the head of this tech company, and it's very mysterious. This guy is brought in to the devs department of this company. And he mysteriously disappears. His girlfriend has now have to go on the uh, chase for him. It's knowing that this is not independent, like a, this is not a Netflix series. It's not a Prime series or specifically Hulu series. This is an FX series. I think is one of the... Um, I didn't watch Legion, but I am going to because I now have time. Is one of the most creative from a storyline from a world building and from a visual standpoint, it's so insane that this is a television series produced in America. It's a puzzle box series told in a very, very straightforward manner. There's a lot of fantastical elements, but the story itself is very straightforward. It's very gripping. And I am kicking myself just due to full-time employment obligations have not been able to watch a lot of it uh, past episode two or three. I highly recommend this show for both of you because I know you guys like some sci-fi. I know you like guys like stuff that's like very creative visually. And I think both of you would really, really love this show, especially if you have seen Annihilation or Ex Machina already. Devs is hitting hard during this quarantine. I, I think... It came at a crazy good time because of uh, the the subject matter. It's it's unlike Annihilation. It's it's it feels more real, it which does. means it feels scarier. Um, scarier. It's you know I I I said within the first half of the first episode, I'm like, oh cool, this is Nick Offerman's Emmy nom. Like it this 100% is hundred percent should because oh, yeah, this is Nick Offerman. He's so good acting he's not ron swanson he's playing a very complicated character in mm. a very straightforward manner yeah and it's really he's, great great to watch it's just, and he 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 stays at a certain level and there's certain things that happen to his character within the first few episodes and the way he portrays it is just i'm just gonna, it's a weird word adjective you use but it's beautiful it's, yeah perfect like for that thing and he is the only guy i think who could play this character i think i think of the alex garland stuff i think i've only seen annihilation and that's a beautiful film a super except except if you're drunk coming back from popular christmas show and turn that on and that will really mess with your head that's true but it's a beautiful film in the in the sense of like just looks fantastic and devs I mean, it doesn't look like you're watching like an F. I mean, not to not give FX credit, but like, it's so like artistically, it's fantastic. I mean, 
I will say that FX makes some quality programs. Legion is one of the best things that's ever happened to television. It's so good, and it doesn't look like anything else that's ever happened before. Uh, what Alex Garland's doing with devs is is great. It's just they've made a, another solid uh, program, but it transcends that because of the technology element, because of um, just the, the the mystery of it and uh, the cast. I mean, you 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 know, you mentioned uh, Allison Pill and uh, and Nick Offerman, but, but uh, like the supporting cast, uh, the lead is great the too. lead actress who's Sonoya Mizuno, who was in. Uh, Ex Machina in a in a yeah. tangible role, uh, but in Annihilation in a non tangible role, um, which if you saw Annihilation, you know what that means. Um, she's amazing in it. She's so good in this. I, I highly recommend it, Alicia. Like seriously, I I feel like if television created a show for you that was not um. animated, this is <laughs> the Alicia Weinberger show. Mm-hmm. Oh man, amazing! I mean, I do love Annihilation, and I love Ex Machina. So, and he and, and he writes and directs every episode. So that's the thing I've noticed a lot. Like of like the Outsider, which uh, which was started off amazing. Jason Bateman was a co-producer on it, or executive producer, I should say, and he directed the first two episodes, amazing, and then it tapered off because he didn't wasn't really involved in it. So the he is start to finish writer director every episode. Um, real, real quick. So I just did like a, a very quick deep dive into Alec Garland. Um, I knew that he wrote something else that, that I was a fan of and he wrote dread, which is one of the most underrated fucking coolest comic book movies you'll ever watch ever with Carl Urban. Hell yes! You, oh my god, I didn't know he wrote that. He also wrote the beach with Leonardo DiCaprio, the book. He wrote the novel. Yeah. I did not know that. Like he has been around and forever. Twenty eight days later, he did. Yeah, and he wrote Never Let Me Go, which is like a a very like indie ish popular um, like drama with uh, we have to mention him again, Andrew Garfield, Kira Knightley, and Carrie Mulligan. That's oh. Right. I know exactly what that movie is, and That's right. it is depressing. Depressing as fuck. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't make uh, like heartwarming things. No. Uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, you got to check out Devs. I know you're in a very like, uh, like you mentioned itself, like very horror um, of the time that we're living in kind of mood in terms of your viewing. Devs, from the technology standpoint. Yeah, he nails it. Oh man! Oh, that just brings you back to Annihilation when uh, whew, that one girl, oh I'm sorry, grown woman gets eaten <laughs> by interdimensional bear and it mm-hmm. takes off her face and absorbs her, I guess, soul or voice or something. And that spoilers horrifying. Oh, it's been out Question? for years, and oh, none of you all that. saw it anyway in theaters, and that's why it that's flopped, true. So. Yeah, yeah, I no mean, listen, imagine coming home after 12 to 15 Jameson diets to the part where Oscar Isaac is on the video showing people that guy's stomach. Oh, yeah. and it's moving? Yeah. Oh, I was yeah. 15 drinks in, walking into that, sat down like, 
Oh my god, I'm gonna die. <laughs> you know, you you know, I love me some body horror. I love things where they shouldn't be, and there's and it's there's it's always I mean, that's your nickname gooey on the site is Alicia it. Body Horror Weinberger. Yeah, I I watched that film on an international flight on an iPad. <laughs> god. <laughs> hey, you know what's the worst thing to watch on a flight? Air Force the, One? Annihilation? Uh, no, the, intro, the, the, the intro to the pilot episode of Fringe. I never... Oh. That's something I've always Fringe wanted to watch. Fringe is pretty good, man. The, I know. I the know. Op- the opening of the pilot episode. Yeah. Bill, you know what I'm talking about, right? You no, I it. don't. I, I've seen oh. episodes of Fringe. I haven't seen the, I haven't seen the pilot, though. I now I'm afraid to, because I don't want to... For our listeners. Oh. Because it's horrifying, and it makes you afraid of flying... For a reason you would never think. That's like every time I would go into a tunnel, my one friend, Andrew, would be like, hey, remember that movie Daylight with Sylvester Stallone with the tunnel collapse? I'd be like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I knew it. I was going to say, that's the girl from Fringe is the girl from Mindhunter. Yeah. Whoa. Mindhunter. That's right? Oh, I never made. Movie. I never oh, made Oh, by that. the way, the Atlanta, the, so season two is about the Atlanta child murders. That documentary is now on a series is now on HBO. I my, can't fucking watch that. My wife That's... watches true crime, and she said it's oh. it's amazing. I mean, I won't watch it because only true crime I watch is Tiger King. Um, <laughs> Alicia, what is your what oh. is your pick? My, my my watch list. Your watch list, yeah. Oh well, I, as I mentioned before, I actually haven't been watching many or following really any sort of mainstream TV series right now. I, I mean, Brooklyn Nine Nine has been serving as my palate cleanser. As yeah. I spiral into the madness that is the A twenty four catalog, starting with the horror movies. Yeah. Um, so I, I've started the week off, or the last two weeks off, watching The Lighthouse. I watched it twice. <laughs> one of which I was working. Um, don't tell my boss. <laughs> <laughs> no one listens to this. It's okay. And you're good. It, if you are going to start an A twenty four binge now, certainly start with the horror and start with the lighthouse because it's the most fever dream it's hazy it's filmed and um i i I can't remember the exact aspect ratio but basically it looks like seventh seal it looks like an old-timey um silent film and and it's just um it's a fever dream and it's just willem dafoe and handsome robert pattinson not looking so handsome just screaming into each other's face vomiting and getting body fluid all over some dirty ocean water. It's crazy um, how Robert Pattinson was reviled for Twilight, which was like, we forget like that cultural phenomenon ended and it was a cultural phenomenon that no one talks about anymore, but everyone hated him and he has basically just gone like, I am just going to do every indie film possible. And now he's Batman and he's in a Nolan movie. And yeah. we're all and like, he, and now we're all like, oh, that's yeah, that makes sense. That's I mean, cool. he's he, he's he straight up pulled a Michael Keaton, like Mister Mom. He's gonna play Batman, but no. I think he's a little more Same than thing. Keaton because Keaton was like comedy to Batman, whereas like he's done this whole weird indie tour. Oh yeah, but like there was like I don't think there was a lot of hate because I think. I think there was hate for him during the Twilight. But when oh yeah, that's what I mean. Just, like cause you just was, said it yourself. Like he did all of these things that led up. Oh, I'm going to do a Cronenberg movie. I'm going to do 
I'm going to do uh, a um, second Sack Cronenberg reference on this podcast, by the way. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to that do, never like, happens. <laughs> yeah, but like I'm going to do a Safety Brothers movie and I'm going to just do cool shit that I'm interested in. It's kind of like what um, what Daniel Radcliffe is trying to do, mm, but not successfully. You know what I mean? Like he's been doing like only indie movies for the most part between uh, uh, after Potter, like post Potter is, is what a TBS show. Yeah. Just like, Hey, this looks cool. I'm going to do this. Cause I'm, I, it looks fun. Like Pattinson's like, no, I'm a serious actor. I'm a great actor. I know I am. I'm going to go work with like the, the biggest names and the up and coming names to show that off. And then that got him the fucking role of Batman. And it's with, again, Matt Reeves, who, uh, if you've ever seen any of the, the Planet of the Apes movies, he's fucking awesome. And he's going to make a cool-ass Batman movie. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, uh, but uh, Legion. Yeah, uh, I didn't hate Affleck like as Batman. But anyway, uh, Alicia, before I let you go in terms of the, the watch list, can you, can you just briefly talk about um, another show that uh, you and I are obsessed with um, and just tell people why they should be watching Killing Eve? Hmm. Oh, it's so the, the reason why I love Killing Eve, and if you're not familiar with Killing Eve, it's Sandra O oh and Jodie Com- uh, Comer. Comer? 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 I, I think I'm over over pronouncing it because I assume in my head that Comier. She, Comier. she is Villanelle, but in yeah. reality, I think she's actually just yeah, English. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is, honestly, it, it, in its bare bones, it's another manic pixie girl versus button up prude show and uh, on paper but its sole like appeal is its cast and and it's not and that's not knocking the writers or anything like that um but structurally speaking it's nothing we haven't seen before but it's sandra O, oh, it's jody Khmer, who are women um two and and I, I could be very wrong but it's it's got a cast of intergenerational women you have um oh my god my my i'm her name is escaping me um she played aunt petunia on harry potter (laughs) she was in three men and a little lady (laughs) that's all i know um she plays the m of the series uh sandra o plays essentially the james bond of the series and fiona shaw fiona shaw and uh jody Khmer plays the assassin slash villain slash maybe protagonist uh villanelle Mm-hmm. And uh, no, she's a terrible, murderous person. <laughs> but also, yeah. like, I saw season one. It's all she's also like crazy, likable. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. I oh, mean, yeah. I it's it's like it's all right. Uh, I mean, it's it was created or co-created by Phoebe Waller uh, Bridge. She wrote the who, first season. Who she's like the showrunner of the first season. I think they change showrunners like every season. I believe. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure. Um, cr- I mean, the the writing on it's phenomenal. The 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 style of it, it's like it's it's Daniel Craig James Bond, but like darker and 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 funnier. sleazier and funnier. And I'm hoping that I think that's why he like brought her on and uh, to to help write um, No Time to Die is because he's like, oh, that should be my like style because it was just so cool um the aesthetic of it's great and of course you you wrote an article about how the the music in it the music choice in it is like phenomenal 
I think you may be mistaking me with somebody else. I no. wrote a recap. Oh, you wrote a recap. I'm sorry. But you <laughs> I wrote posted, the recap. But you posted an article about the music in the, the show. Music. And I'm yeah. very sorry. And I can't remember who or what news source that came from. It just showed up on my Facebook feed. It is a comic like, book resource article. Yeah. Uh, second time I'm mentioning Stop them. plugging another site. <laughs> sorry, what did you say, Bill? Stop um, no, plugging but, uh, another site. I apologize for that. But... Uh, the music in is phenomenal. You, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Oh, and the fashion too. Yeah. It never. It's it, it's 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 hilarious in the sense that it it has all the makings of what James Bond and like James Bond adjacent movies like that romanticism, like drinking and international travel and and assassination and dressing nice, but mm-hmm. it never takes itself like too seriously. And the way I describe Killing Eve. Um, it, it kind of takes, like, it shows you, like, all the dangers and, like, what's wrong with, like, the manic pixie girl kind of trope. Um, it really just puts, like, a new spin on it. And, and, like, by no means, like, do any of the characters in the show, should they be idealized or (laughs) they are all terrible, uh, toxic people? (laughs) Maybe Nico? I uh, only yes. watched the first season, and I have to say that finale of that first yeah. season, that those final moments mm-hmm. were, even though I knew what happened, and if you, I mean, like, because season two was coming, it was still amazing to behold because yeah. of the way they portrayed it. And Sandra Oh and Jodie Cormier, their <laughs> chemistry, or whatever the hell, uh, Jody. Eve, whatever the hell you want to call her, their chemistry even off screen, or the times, the few times they were on screen, like when she confronts Sandra O in her home, Mm -hmm. it's amazing. Like you don't see chemistry like that between a lot of leads. No, it was it was amazing, and I and I I was pissed I missed season two because it started the same time as Game of Thrones final season. It's like you could have pushed it later and it would have been fine, but they. They kept it to the same time. So I'm going to catch up with season two to walk into season three. Well, that's perfect because season three airs uh, this Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it went up two weeks early, which is crazy. Um, and it's good timing because uh, my wife and I are about to finish the second season uh, probably tomorrow. So we'll, we'll be right in there for the uh, third season. And so kind of transitions to a big show we're going to be talking about that's airing on Sunday. Ooh, that's a that's a great transition. That's why there. they pay me the no big bucks for this. That's right. Um, and this is our final segment, Glimmer of Hope. I finally named it, and we're gonna enter a soundbite right here. Glimmer of Hope. Oh boy, oh boy. Excellent, great soundbite. Um, you told me what it was. This... And I totally forgot what it is. Oh yeah. Well, you're gonna have to wait and see. You're going to have to wait and see, sir. All right. Um, so uh, this segment, we talk about the the thing that is getting us through the next week. Um, on Sunday, uh, so and when I say Sunday, yeah. this will have passed. So this upcoming Sunday, Sunday, which is April 12th, Netflix is airing uh, a basically a reunion talk show about our favorite subject ever and the basically what the subject of this podcast should really be about tiger king and not uh, 
yeah, I would only talk about Tiger King and be totally fine with it. But uh, I'm sure other people are doing that already. So the Netflix is releasing a new Tiger King after show hosted by Joel McHale. Uh, we already plugged Community before on Netflix. It's it's perfect timing uh, and uh, a great idea because Community just hit Netflix. And Joel McHale is a pretty funny uh, comic. You know, he was a host on the, the, the Soup for a long time. He also uh, is a stand-up comic, I guess. Um he came to my school, actually. He came to Rowan, and I saw him. He was fine? Question mark? Um, but yeah, so they're going to have this uh, new series. It's called The Tiger uh, King I, I, and I. Tiger King and I. Now, is it an actual... It's not a new series, though. Is it just another... It's an episode, they say. Yeah, it's an eighth installment. So it's The Tiger King and I... And um, it's going to have new interviews with uh, key players, including um, Joseph Maldano Passage, better known as uh, Joe Exotic. No, it's not going to actually have interviews with him, though, is it? They might have something with him from, like, Do you think they'll have an interview from prison? Yeah. Oh, they got it, right? It's Joe Exotic. Of course. Yeah. That would be amazing. So, uh, I don't... I'm going to say probably Jeff Lowe is going to be on there. Um... Carol Baskin, I don't think, is going to be on there. Definitely not. I can't see it. John John Reiki, Joshua Dial, John Finley, Saf, Eric Cowie, Rick Kirkman, and Jeff and Lauren Lowe. So if you guys are fans of the series, you'll know some of those names. Uh, or at least uh, be, be able to do some association when you actually watch the episode. Be like, oh, it's that crazy guy or that crazy girl. Or that guy that probably should be dead and is not for some reason because they were mm. hanging out with a tiger. Um, but yeah, Bill, uh, do you think this is the, the, the next logical step? Oddly enough, it's called The Tiger King and I. In my junior year of high school, I was in the musical The King and I. I also saw The King and I on Broadway with Lou Diamond Phillips. Um, okay, segueing back into the podcast uh, from my mental lapse of alcohol. Um yeah, I mean, I, I think this is our last gasp of Tiger King because we're going to get this on Sunday. Monday, uh, Fox is running a TMZ Tiger King special. And I think a few other news groups, I think Investigation Discovery has a Tiger King thing coming up. So I think we're now getting to the saturation point of, yeah, this is going to be our last gasp before Tiger King becomes just completely, we're over it. Uh, I think it'll be fun. I don't think it'll be as crazy as the series itself, but this will be a fun little thing, and I think um, we're going to start, you know, piling a little bit of dirt on the coffin of the Tiger King. Not literally, because I know he had coronavirus quarantine, but I think we're they, like we're getting past Tiger King at this point. It's super saturated this, uh, right now. And uh, Alicia, for someone who hasn't watched it yet. Uh, I'm sure you've seen the memes. I'm sure you've I've seen references and trailers and clips and stuff like that. Um, is it just because of the A24 binge that you haven't had a chance to dive in, or is there something holding you back? I mean, yeah, pretty much. I, I mean, I have just been busy just getting through. I've only get, gotten through like a fraction of the A24 uh, horror movies alone, but I just really need to be in the right kind of mindset and that probably involves like some sort of form of Doritos and Mountain Dew and Sweet Thai Chili. Uh, yes. Oh, Sweet Thai Chili. Oh, hell yeah. Or Funyuns. Oh my god, I miss Funyuns so much. Mm. 
<laughs> um, after quarantine, I'm literally going to buy a jumbo bag size of Funyuns and walk into a Korean barbecue slash hot pot and eat Funyuns as I order food and get Korean barbecue. Um, God bless you so hard. Yes, and a giant big gulp. I don't even drink soda, but you know what? Just because. Um, yeah, I mean, and this is coming from somebody who um, doesn't go out of their way to watch reality TV, things like 90 Day Fiance or um, these bizarre rabbit holes of, I, you know, I don't know if you really even want to call them documentaries, but this really thin line between reality TV and, and a respectable documentary. Um, it's certainly something I know I, I'm going to love. Mm. I do love Danny McBride, and obviously I know he's an actor, and, and Tiger King is based off of real people, but it's oddly comforting and also terrifying to know that there are people that are literally eastbound, eastbound and down characters that exist in real life and are functioning, tax-paying, I hope tax-paying. Mm, I doubt that. Yeah. Allegedly. Doc, Doc Angle's not paying taxes. Allegedly. He's not paying taxes. No he, way. Um, yeah, a Alicia, that's, that's a perfect way to uh, to describe uh, what you're about to watch. is is and What, what would happen if eastbound and down was in real life? Uh, but much worse and much funnier and much crazier. It's the uh, as as we soliloquied in in the second episode of this podcast. It's it's the only documentary that I ever watched that got crazier and crazier. And I kept saying out loud, "There's no way it can get crazier than this," and it did. So uh, that's Tiger King in a nutshell. Um, yeah, uh, this is, I think this is a no brainer. I think uh, uh, you know in in the world of The Bachelor. And uh, Love Island, the the reunion show is 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 commonplace. Uh, I think with Joel McHale spearheading it in in the way that he does in his sarcastic way, but I'm guessing he is a fan of this as well. So he'll probably actually have some interesting questions for these people. And I don't think he's going to be making fun of them. I think he's genuinely interested in the subject matter because it's again it's you can't parody it it's so hard to it's like parodying the presidency currently that we're experiencing it's so hard uh to do that because it's already insane and crazy and uh, i don't want to live in it anymore what are you saying and a joke yes i would Uh, love it if this series like all of a sudden we tuned in and it wasn't any of the cast from Tiger King, it was just actors portraying them, and Joel McHale was hosting, and it was just like this almost like comedic Rick roll. I would That'd be cool. fucking love that. I think that could have happened if we weren't all in quarantine. Yes, it could have. It could have happened. Uh, but yeah, that is uh, that is our glimmer of hope for this week, and that's going to end uh, the podcast. Uh, it was great talking to you guys. Uh, as always, this is the uh, the one of the bright spots of my day. Um, mm. Truly, it was an absolute pre- pleasure to have uh, Alicia Weinberger as our guest. That this blueberry week. wine is hitting you so hard right now, guys. I am going to crash so hard. I'm so beat uh, between wrangling my son all day and and uh, and the blueberry wine. 
it's it's all it's all ogre now, as they say, twenty years ago on the internet. God, do you want me to finish this for you? Uh, sure. All right. <laughs> Al's Al's almost almost dying at this point. Uh, okay, so that's it for the socially distanced podcast episode four. Um, Al, where can people find you on the internet, especially where to buy your wares? And it's not an OnlyFans account. What? <laughs> oh man, uh, I am a cam boy. No, um, I like you how can, I said the uh, OnlyFans account. And we're doing. We also can see each other while recording this. And Alicia just true. like lit up like a Christmas tree with laughter. Um, you can uh, you can visit my website alfredmanorino.com to see some of my photography and buy some of my stuff on. Uh, Redbubble, a couple prints I have available, as well as you can turn uh, those prints into an iPhone case or pillowcase, whatever case suits your need at the moment. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Al Manorino, A L M A N N A R I N O. Two ends, baby. On Twitter. Verified on Twitter for no reason. Alicia, where can we see those dank and spicy memes of yours on the internet? Oh boy. Um, you can find me at, uh, at Alicia Weinberg on uh, Twitter. And uh, everybody who cares to listen and uh, wants to at me on Twitter, tell me what uh, the next uh, A24 horror movie I should watch that yeah. I haven't watched already. Nice. Uh, Alicia also runs our social media, and she does a great job with that. And uh, look forward to more of that. That's not me telling you to do your job, I'm just saying. We like the stuff you do. Uh, of course, if you want to find out anything I do, which is mostly wrestling-related, re- uh, I am at BodkinWrites, W-R-I-T-E-S, on Twitter. Um, and, of course, every day we want you to check out ThePopBreak.com, where we talk about TV, music, movies, comic books, pro wrestling, everything in between in the world of pop culture. We have a lot of great podcasts. We have like this. We have, uh, we just concluded And the Winter Still Is, our retro Oscar podcast, the second season of that. Of course, we have uh, stuff coming up. It's um, the Sarnecki brothers. They do a kind of like a retro film podcast as well. We're going to have other podcasts coming out. Uh, so check us out every single day, thepopbreak.com, at popbreak.com, all spelled on Twitter, forward slash popbreak.com all spelt out on Facebook and we're at the pop break on Instagram. Of course, for the social of the socially distanced podcast, we're popping up all over on all platforms. Of course, anchor Spotify, uh, Google, uh, Google podcast, Google podcasts, and uh, soon to be other podcasts, uh, sites that I'm going to let Al take care of. And we'd like to give a big special shout out to our editor, Lucas P Jones, who will be stitching this one together. So, for the host of this episode, Al Manorino, for our esteemed and awesome and one of our favorite people on the site, Alicia Weinberger, and myself, Bill Bodkin, thank you for the, joining us on the fourth episode of the Socially Distance Podcast. <laughs>